Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Welcome to another Friday edition of the show. We're looking forward this weekend to Premier League action as we travel to Wales to play Swansea in Swansea. I've never been to Swansea, I have to say, but that's uh, true of many places in Wales that I've, I've never been to, like Wrexham. I've never been to Wrexham or, or Neath or Ebuvale, or Clandudno, or Clanethley, or Colwyn Bay, or lots of places that I've never been to in Wales. In fact, I think the only place I've ever been to in Wales is Hollyhead, which is where the ferry arrives from Dublin. Get to Hollyhead, and then you drive through Wales to wherever it is you're going to be going, assuming that it's not like somewhere else in Wales. But for me, that's uh, that's never been the case. So, you know, at some point in the future, there's a whole world of Welsh towns that's going to be open to me. Maybe I'll do a podcast series. Arsblog goes to various towns in Wales and finds that they're much like towns in Ireland or England, probably. You know, with shops and Starbucks and all that kind of stuff. It'll be very, very exciting stuff. Might might not be something I do in the very short term, though. I mean, that, that's more of a, a long-term project. But anyway, hope you're well. It's been a quiet week, more or less, because, well, we haven't had any drama. And that's not a bad thing, because drama tends to come from either bad results or, or bad things happening. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy enough to plot on without any bad things happening. Uh, we had the, uh, the FA Cup last weekend against Preston, and we won that. And there's not a whole lot you can say about that. So this week has been sort of quiet and dull and what have you. There were some contract extensions yesterday. Lauren Koscielny, uh, Francis Coquelin, and Olivier Giroud all extended their current Arsenal deals. We'll uh, talk to our guest about that a little bit later on. And what else did we do? Well, we signed a a 20-year-old left-back, Cohen Bramall, from Hednesford Town. It was made official this week. What a story. The guy, who's 20 years of age, is playing in the 7th or 8th tier of English football, finds out he's lost his job in a Bentley factory. Now, that's a car factory, I should point out, and not a factory that manufactures overrated, chavvy footballers. Yes, thank you very much indeed for that. But anyway, uh, yeah, so he gets uh, made redundant by the Bentley factory on the Tuesday and Wednesday, gets a phone call to say, hey, uh, fancy a bit of a trial at Arsenal, you know, come on down to our plush training ground here. We've got the best facilities that you could possibly think of. It's state of the art. It's so comfortable. Look at these football pitches. They're like carpets. 
and look at that football pitch over there. That's like a carpet. And we've fooled you because it's not actually a football pitch. It's actually a carpet shaped like a football pitch. We just have it there so we can tell people that our football pitches are like carpets. And they go, yeah, right. And we go, go over to there and check it out. And they'll go, yeah, what are you talking that's, that's an actual carpet. And they're like, oh, my God. So he's come down on the Wednesday then, or the Thursday, and he's into a training session, and he's hanging out with Mesut, and he's hanging out with Alexis, and Petr Cech, Olivier Giroud, Aaron Ramsey, Granite Xhaka, all these football players, and he does himself enough justice at 20 years of age, coming from where he comes from, to get a deal at Arsenal. Now, not as a first-team player, as a young professional, but still, but still, what a great story. Too often we hear people talk about, and quite rightly too at times, about how money has ruined football and everything is just all money, 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 and it, it, it takes over everything. It becomes the driving force behind every single thing in football. And here's a young guy coming in from Hedensford Town, and we're paying something like 40 grand to sign him, and he's going to make maybe a couple of grand a week. Wow, I mean, that's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad or anything, but, you know, by by regular standards, it's, it's not the biggest wage we'll be paying. Um, I think it's just a nice story. It's nice to see that the, the path to a club like Arsenal isn't restricted to the academy, that you don't have to be spotted at seven or eight years of age. There is another way, and uh, interestingly, Arsenal have been sending scouts down to the lower leagues and looking at players that I'm sure uh, Championship, League One and League Two, seeing if they can find a, a bit of a raw talent, and uh, that apparently is what this guy is. Whether he ever makes it or not, it r- remains to be seen. It's a big, big jump to make from Edensford Town uh, to the Arsenal. It is a big, big jump, and uh, you know, you'd have to have your doubts whether he's going to be able to do it, but look... It's nice that he's been given the chance, I think. Everyone pines for the days when football was more more human, not so predictable and mechanised. And this is a story that sort of brings you back to those days. So good luck to him. Good luck to him. We'll see, uh, we'll see where he ends up, um, what he does for the under-23s, and whether he's capable of, of making that breakthrough. We're going to talk about him a little bit later on as well. So what else is going on this week? Well, I noticed that uh, Red Action... I've got it together. They're making a uh, a banner featuring Alexis Sanchez and his dogs, Atom and Humber. And I have to say, I think this is I think this is really funny. I know a lot of people think it's a bit silly or a bit daft or a bit lame, but again, are we not in danger of taking ourselves far too seriously? Like, not everything can be the way it was in the past. There is a different culture, a different climate. There's a different generation. And I think you've got to be open to these new things. Maybe it's not how it would have been done back in the day. But back in the day, people stood on packed terraces and pissed down each other's legs. Not all of it was brilliant. So I think this is quite cool. Uh, Alexis Sanchez, uh, he's in the middle of the banner, and uh, Adam and Humber are either side of him. And the thing that does it for me is the caption, which just says, good boys, which uh, I don't know. I, I just love that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it's tickled me so much. But that apparently is going to be ready and uh, up in the stadium for the next game. And clearly, it's going to be the thing that makes Alexis Sanchez stay and sign a new deal. He'll say, no, look, actually, give me less. Give me less money. They love me and my dogs so much that I'm willing to take a much reduced salary in order to stay at this club. 
I think we'll have to give credit to the the people who thought of the banner and say thank you for saving Alexis Sanchez from going somewhere else where he could earn a lot more money. But because we showed him we loved his dogs, that's what swung it our way. Good boys. I love it. That's so good. Anyway, look, we're going to get on with the show. And uh, joining me this week to uh, do the chats about Arsenal, someone we haven't had on before, but he is the Arsenal correspondent for ESPN FC. Uh, he's a journalist from Sweden. His name is Matthias Karen. Hi there, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's good to be on. Uh, my pleasure. Now, I mean, what a what a nice job you have as an Arsenal fan to uh, go to the press conferences, go to the games, write about Arsenal all day. I kind of have a uh, a different perspective on that, obviously, uh, as as an Arsenal fan writing about the club all day. But you're right in there. You're right at the coalface. Yeah, of course, it's good to have a front row seat to to, to where it all happens. Mm. Uh, like you said, it's it's a lot of a lot of it is about covering press conferences and and covering the games and, and such things. So so yeah, it's 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 a good uh, uh, it's a good mix of of uh, being a journalist and being a football fan in general and an Arsenal fan. So yeah, sure. it's good. Has anything? I mean in the time that you've been doing the job, has anything surprised you in a way? So you go to the press conferences before the game or after the game and, and you know, you're sitting close to Arsene Wenger. I mean, is there anything that's sort of stood out to you uh, from a journalistic point of view that you're sort of cross, cross-referencing with your fan's head and going, wow, this is a bit strange or weird or I, I never knew that or whatever? Uh, no, I mean, I, I sort of I came into this job as uh, from a, a journalism background. I had been a sports journalist for for quite some time so uh, i had been to i'd covered both arsenal games and other games uh before this and uh <clears throat> lots of other sports as well so so there weren't a lot of this that i that i was unfamiliar with so mm. to speak uh obviously i hadn't uh, seen as much of, of wenger up close but uh, i'm not sure there's anything about you that that surprises him uh you know given the fact that he's been there for so long i think most people have a pretty good view of, of what he's like in front of the cameras sure. and uh, when he's not on camera. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point as well. I think there's there's a bit of life to him off camera that people don't always see, but uh, that's uh, that's a different story. He does, he does have a dry, he does have a pretty dry sense of humor. That that's some, it's it's a bit hit and miss, but yeah, he does have <laughs> he does have his lighter, funnier moments when when the cameras aren't rolling. I like that hit and miss. Yeah, we we're not going to expect to see him doing stand up when he eventually calls time on his Arsenal career. No, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> All right, well, look, let's start with what's been going on this week. It's it's a fairly quiet week because there hasn't been Premier League action for two weeks. There was the FA Cup game against Preston last weekend, which Arsenal won in the end, a late goal from Olivier Giroud. And he's one of the guys who has signed a new contract with the club, along with Lauren Koscielny and Francis Coquelin. Uh, that was announced yesterday. Um, a good move, I think, for the players, and obviously a good move for, for Arsenal as well. You know, every, everybody's focused on... Alexis Sanchez and everybody's focused on Mesut Ozil and, and their contract renewals, but uh, you you can't just concentrate on those two guys. You you've got to give them the platform as well, and and having some stability is really important. Exactly, I think that's the key word there: is stability. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many uncertainties, you know, surrounding this club at the moment with Arsene Wenger's contract as well, and obviously Ozil and Sanchez. So it's good for them to to lock down as many players as, as they can at this time. Obviously, they still have uh, a few key contracts to go, not just Ursula and Sanchez, but the likes of Wilshere and 
Oxley Chamberlain and Kieran Gibbs or, or some of the players who are sort of in limbo. Mm. Uh, these three players, I don't think anyone really expected them to 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 do anything but stay at Arsenal. But but given that, it's still it's still a very good thing for them to lock this up because it does, as you say, it does send a message to to the guys who are unsure whether they should stay. That well, we do have this platform of players who are here at Arsenal, who are here for the long term. Yeah, and so that that certainly makes things easier for them when it comes to making up their minds. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you think back a couple of years, there was Arsenal went on this contract extension spree almost, where pretty much every player was handed new terms, and and that obviously played a part not just in uh, the the FA Cup successes, but in in creating a stable environment into which. Uh, players would like to come that if it is or if it does feel chaotic from the outside it's probably even more chaotic on the inside and I think over the years or over the last number of years Arsenal have worked hard to 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 create that sort of stable environment for the players and you you have this platform and then you can go out and you can bring in guys who will improve you you can add real quality to the squad as you do as we did with with Ozil and Sanchez as well uh, Olivier Giroud is I think an interesting one probably the most interesting one out of the three because Koscielny, yep. um, I think, was always going to stay. Coquelin, again, I think, was always going to stay. Uh, but but Giroud, when you look at the way that his season started, uh, there were doubts about it. He was very upfront and said that he didn't want to look elsewhere in January. In fact, his agent, who you would assume was acting and speaking on his behalf, said, no, he, he's definitely not going to go anywhere in January. He wants to stay and fight for his place at Arsenal. But it is a, it's it's probably as competitive as it ever has been for the centre-forward position because Alexis is there. Danny Welbeck is on his way back. Uh, Lucas Perez looks a good player, even if he's played a bit more uh, from the, the wide areas than... than uh, uh, people might have expected, uh, and Giroud is this this big target man centre forward who doesn't always feel like he fits into things. Uh, but given that the environment was so competitive, you might have thought Giroud would have held off and and saw how things went until the summer. But to be fair, you know he's put his money where his mouth is, and and he's committed. Yeah, I think he he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's handled these negotiations, and also just the way he's approached. The entire season so far obviously it hasn't really been the season he was hoping for in terms of playing time obviously you know his injury played a part in that as well mm. but i do think as you say if if he had wanted to test the waters i don't think he would have had any problem finding clubs that that were interested in him i mean he's still a, a very good center forward and i think there are lots of clubs in in italy or france or or even the premier league who, who would have been uh, more than happy to to uh, make a bid for him, but he's decided to stay and, and fight for his place. And I think, uh, as you say, maybe he's not the first option anymore. I think uh, you know Alexis Sanchez has has done enough to to still be considered uh, Wenger's uh, first choice striker, even despite Giroud's scoring spree lately. But I think he he certainly has a big enough role to play in this team, no matter what. That I think he he looked at it and, and said, I'm going to get enough chances here enough playing time uh to make it worth my while staying and i think he's he's genuinely happy at the club and you know i think he does divide fan opinion but you know you only have to attend a game or two at the emirates and hear them uh singing in you know the Jeru song and mm. and you know he's quite popular as well yeah i think it's particularly interesting given the stage of his career that he's at you know he's 30 and 
I think he's at an age where most players want to be playing on a fairly regular basis because they know they don't have too many years left and, and they look maybe at a role that's slightly diminished because for four years he was essentially the first choice. He had very little uh, competition, very little backup. And so that manifested itself in good performances and bad performances and, and him having to play perhaps at times where he shouldn't have played. But he must look at these next years and think, okay, I'm probably not going to play as much as I would like, but I still feel happy here and comfortable here and, and ready to, to take that on. So I think that's, uh, that's credit to him as well. It's true, and, and I think in some ways he's the kind of player who, who almost thrives on that kind of competition. I think we've seen that, you know, both uh, with the France team and uh, at Arsenal. It's it's when it's at the times when he's questioned that he's usually at his best, and, and you know when when he's facing a fight for for playing time, that's normally when he raises his game. So I think he might be one of those players too who sort of thrives on that competition. I think for the past few seasons, when when he was a bit alone, you know, almost the only option as, as a center forward, then there were times when maybe that pressure got to be, you know, a bit too much for him as well. He mm. was the guy who always had to come up with goals. This season, it hasn't been that way. And so maybe he's he also feels that he can play with a bit more freedom in that sense because we do have other players now who, who can chip in with goals. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at the options for uh, the front four, let's say this weekend, and if Theo Walcott is back, you could pick from Walcott, Iwobi, Lucas Perez, Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, perhaps if he's going to be redeployed as striker again. Uh, and probably, you know, the last out of that six I would put as, as Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's, whose form has been better this season, but is still a bit hit and miss. And, and you, you look then and you've still got Olivier Giroud and Danny Welbeck to choose yeah. from. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's an embarrassment of riches now, almost. Yeah, uh, you know, and and obviously with uh, Sanchez playing as well as he is, you, you know, you, you got a, a guy there who is now genuinely one of the top forwards in the Premier League, and if he stays fit, will end up with you know somewhere between twenty-five and thirty goals for the season, and and so yeah, for, for from Wenger's point of view, it, you know, the only question is how do you get the best out of all these players, and so far he's managed that quite well. I mean, I think. Sanchez has been in top form. Giroud, when he's come on, has has been in top form. The likes of Walcott and Ursula have been have been in good form. So it's it's a matter now of just sort of trying to keep a balance of of a. Do you have your your best starting eleven? Which I'm not sure at this stage that that anyone really knows what their best starting eleven is. But also, can you manage to rotate enough to get all these players playing enough? and being able to pick the guy who who is informed that week. Yeah, and of course, he has in some ways tailored his team selections towards the opposition a little bit. I know his hand has been forced because uh, Theo Walcott has been out, and I think um, Walcott is, has proved to be actually quite important in the Alexis up front being as effective as it is uh, thing because he, he does make those runs from from the right hand side into the uh, the striking areas very well. So without yeah. without Walcott, perhaps he's been more inclined to use Giroud. Uh, and of course, Giroud is fresh. Lucas Perez is fresh. They haven't played a huge amount this season. But you look at this weekend. Alexis will have had basically two weeks off, which is 
remarkable for him, given the amount of yeah. football that he plays. Mesut Ozil is back. Now, he might be slightly debilitated or weakened by injury, but he hasn't played since December 26th, so you're looking at him having some some fresh legs as well. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does this weekend against Swansea, a team who will probably look to frustrate Arsenal in the way that Crystal Palace did and in the way that West Brom did. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because it's the second time Arsenal plays Swansea this season where they just had a new manager appointed. Mm. Uh, for Bob Bradley, you know, the game at the Emirates was his first Premier League game, and uh, this will be the first Premier League game for for Clement at Swansea as well. So, um, in that sense, you don't quite know what to expect from Swansea, and and you know, it could be uh a good or a bad thing for for Arsenal you never know if they get that short term boost or confidence boost from having a new manager come in uh so it could be a bad time for Arsenal to 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 play Swansea obviously they've they've had some struggles recently but they're also the kind of of, of team where you don't think Arsene Wenger will sort of adjust his own plans too much in order to to uh adapt to what they're doing i think it's one of those where he'll he'll pick the players that he thinks are, are in the best form and, and will play, you know, the, the type yeah. of football Arsenal want to play. Mm. And you look at these... But, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, but as as you say, you know, you've had you've had now almost an enforced winter break for, for some of these players. Uh, Mesut Ozil had the flu for a couple of weeks. Walcott's been out for, for a couple of weeks with his calf injury. Not 100% sure if he's going to be back or not, but... Uh, and then, you know, Wenger decided to give... Sanchez and, and Koscielny a break as well. So mm. I think we should see some some much fresher legs uh, this week and then than you have for the past couple of games, that's for sure. Yeah, and looking ahead then, before Arsenal face Chelsea, which is obviously going to be a, a monumental game on the, the 4th of February in the Premier League, it's it's Swansea this weekend, then there's Burnley next, uh, the following weekend. Uh, FA Cup is coming up the... Uh, uh, the weekend after that, but there's a midweek game before we go to Stamford Bridge, and that's at Watford. Two of those games at home against Burnley and Watford, two teams who you would expect Arsenal to win. So get over this little tricky uh, away trip to Swansea. Uh, take three points from that. You've got two home games that you could start to feel quite confident about, and that's that's a nice little run of form to be going on uh, to go to Stamford Bridge with. It is, certainly, and it's it's a big opportunity now uh, for the rest of the month here for Arsenal to to really sort of climb back into the title race and, and make up some ground on, on some of their rivals. Uh, you look at this weekend, for instance, you know, Chelsea are playing at Leicester, which is a pretty tough game. You have Man City are traveling to Everton, which, as Arsenal know, is a tough game. And then you have Man United playing Liverpool. And so, you know, it's it's certainly an opportunity here for Arsenal uh, not just this weekend, but but for the coming weeks as well, to to go on a nice run, build up some momentum, and hopefully see some of their rivals drop points at the same time. And and that way, as you say, by the time they travel to the bridge in February, maybe they'll just be you know four or five points back in the title race by then. And at that stage, if if they actually win that game, they'll be right back in it. Yeah, I mean it's interesting as well, isn't it, to look at the the Premier League table and and people in some ways dismissive of Arsenal because uh, because of some of the recent form. But they talk up the chances of Tottenham. They talk up the chances of Liverpool. They talk up the chances of Manchester City and Arsenal are only a point behind City and Tottenham and uh, only three points behind Liverpool. So uh, it seems a little bit premature to me. 
Yeah, I mean, at this stage, you know, certainly Chelsea are, are the favourites, but behind them, I'm not sure you can you can pick between the five teams that that are behind them mm. at the moment because I think Man United at this stage are, are quite a threat as well. Uh, just given the form they've been in, if not for the title, then 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 certainly for the top four places. And so, yeah, I don't think you can count out Arsenal or anyone else at, at the moment. I think uh, Chelsea certainly have have been. You know the most impressive side so far, but uh, you look at the squad depth that Arsenal have, for instance, and I think maybe for the second half of the season they could have a slight edge in that area. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's there's still a long time, long, long way to go. And so, at this stage, I think anything can happen. Mm. The other story, uh, moving away from Premier League, the other story that caught the eye this week was the signing of uh, Cohen Bramall, who's a 20 year old left back who was playing way down the divisions, the 7th or 8th tier of, of English football, who was given a trial, I think, at Crystal Palace and one at Birmingham and came to Arsenal for a couple of days and did enough in those two days for, for Arsene Wenger to decide, well, look, we'll take a chance on this guy. And, and Arsene Wenger has spoken a number of times in the last 12 months about how, because of the competitive nature of the Premier League and because, to some extent, of the, the foreign players that come to the Premier League... Um, that sometimes English talent has to go down a division or two in order to get found again. And there there were a number of examples. People spoke about Jamie Vardy or Troy Deeney, you know, who've come up from lower levels and, and made it at Premier League level. But he also spoke about the the difference between a young guy who has had it all at a, a Premier League academy. You know, somebody at Arsenal, for example, who has the kit wash for them, who has the best of everything, the best training ground, and who comes to expect the best at a very early age and sort of loses his hunger a little bit. And it was quite interesting to hear Arsene Wenger talk about these uh, players from uh, lower leagues or who haven't been given a chance having this hunger to really prove themselves. And it'll be very interesting to see if this young guy can, can do that. Yeah, I think Wenger's theory there is that they develop a mental toughness uh, playing in those lower leagues that, that maybe you don't, as you say, if, if you come up through the Arsenal Academy and uh, from a young age, as you know, 16, 17-year-old, you have everything taken care of, for, of it, you know, for you and you're playing on these lovely training ground pitches every day and, and you're, you're training with some of the first-team players and you're seeing everything you know, the way it's run at a, at a top-level club. Uh, whereas these guys have to really go down and, and fight for everything and, and you know have an everyday life that's that's very far sometimes from being a, a professional footballer. You, you heard Cohen Bramble speak about he was he was made redundant from his day job the the day before yeah. uh, Arsenal called him to, to see if he wanted to come and train there. So you can really tell he's he's been on on a very different sort of journey than than most of the players who end up at Arsenal. I think you know he's he's an interesting case. Uh, Obviously, I think the the unique thing about him seems to be his athletic ability. He's he's a guy who who you know obviously none of us have have actually you know seen him play that much, but from hearing people talk about him, he has incredible speed. Um, and apparently, he's he's a player who came to football fairly late. I think he was in athletics or or something like that before. And so I think they've they've basically taken a chance on him more because of his athletic abilities, maybe than. Right now, his footballing abilities, I think they're quite raw and, and you know, they've, they've been quite upfront with the fact that they, they need to develop him as a player quite a bit before yeah. he can play for the first team. But, but if they actually manage to do so, then, you know, why not?
I'd take a chance on him. Yeah, I mean, it's that is a that's a good point actually because the Premier League has over the years become. I won't say less of a football league. That's wrong to say. But it the 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 attributes you need to really succeed at Premier League level, you can be a, you've got to be a truly truly exceptional footballer to not also be an athlete. And uh, right. having having physical prowess or having pace and having strength are more and more a part of what a footballer needs to be these days. Yeah, and that's obviously much harder to teach than than you know some of the the technical. Uh, qualities or the tactical discipline; those are things you can always work on when yeah. you have the right coaches. You can't teach a guy to to be fast and and you know speed. You've seen with Bellerin on on you know at right back just how important it can be for a fullback to have that kind of speed. And if they could find another player with with similar attributes, then you know that that could only be a good thing. And I think the the thing to keep in mind about this is it's it's sort of it's a, a chance they're taking that doesn't really have a downside to it because mm. they're not paying any money for this guy, you know, 40,000 pounds or something like that. It's, it's nothing from, from Arsenal's point of view. And if things don't work out, then, you know, they haven't really lost anything. So I don't really see what the, uh, what the downside is of, of actually taking this chance. Sure. I'd agree with you anyway. Well, look, we'll uh, obviously keep an eye on him and what he's going to do over the, uh, over the coming months. We better leave it there. Matthias, thank you very much indeed. Good to talk to you. All right, thanks, Andrew. Thank you very much indeed to Matthias. You can find him on Twitter at Matthias Karen. That is at Matthias Karen. If you're unsure of how to spell that, take your best guess. Google usually helps. If that doesn't work, check out today's post on arsblog.com and I will provide you with a handy hyperlink straight to his Twitter profile where you can choose to follow or not. So there you go. Anyway, thanks to him and uh, we'll catch up with him again, I'm sure, on an Arscast in the near future. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, we did speak a bit earlier about the uh, not quite rags to riches, but somewhere from nowhere story about the young guy signing for Arsenal. It's, uh, well, it really is quite something. And uh, I guess you can get a little bit more insight into these guys and what they're like uh, and what their journey was like when you uh, hear them interviewed. Just two weeks ago, 22 year old right back Jake Tittles was playing for Scrimshaw United in the Haribo Fantastic Northern 12th Division. Today, he's a gunner. Jake, welcome to the the Arsenal. It must be a dream come true. Ah, it's amazing. I I still still can't really believe it, you know. I I got fired from my job at the Chris Factory on the Tuesday and Arsenal rang the next day and said they wanted me to come down and have a trial. I said to to my agent, are you sure? Have they got the right bloke, but... Well, yeah, it was, and here I am. It's it's amazing. Now, there had been some interest from other clubs, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I was at Burnley, 
for a couple of days and then I was off on a trial at Stoke, went there for a couple of days and there was a behind closed doors friendly. I thought I played really well but there was a bit of a problem. Um, I had a bit of a row with Charlie Adam. I called him a fat cunt and lots of the players laughed like, you know, because he is fat and he is a cunt. I'm not being racist or anything but but Mark Hughes really likes him and he told me to get lost and I thought I'd blown my Premier League chance but then then we got the call from Arsenal it was just it was incredible can you explain what that contrast was like having come from a much lower level where you're playing with guys like Phil Bardsley Eric Peters or Jeff Cameron and all of a sudden you're there with Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez oh I was literally pinching myself you mean figuratively pinching yourself no, I was literally pinching myself. It helps me with stress. But Steve Bold said, stop pinching yourself, lad, and get in the game. So I did, and then of course there's Arsene Wenger. So how was your first interaction with Arsene Wenger? Well, we were on the training pitch before the session, and he said hello, and I said hello. And I thought to myself, what a top, 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 top. Top, 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 man, he is. It was like something out of a dream. And finally, Jake, what is the thing that you're looking forward to most as you begin your new career here at the The Arsenal? To be honest, I'm looking forward, obviously, to making my breakthrough, but the thing I really can't wait for is playing well for about 32 games and having one bad performance and then some wanker on YouTube saying I've got to be sold. Hopefully we see a lot more of Jake in the shirt of the The Arsenal. Jake's squad number has just been confirmed. He's going to wear 107. What a beautiful, heartwarming story that was. Especially the bit about Charlie Adam, I think you'd all agree. But isn't it great to to still know that you might think your time has passed, but you can be plucked from relative obscurity and, and have a career that you never thought you might have? And there have been examples down the years uh, of players who have come into top flight football quite late. Um, Lauren Koscielny is one who didn't play in the top flight of French football, League 1 as it's known. He didn't play in uh, he didn't play in that league for Lorient until he was 23 or 24. He had just one season there before Arsene Wenger said, hey, I like the cut of your jib. Here's 10 million of our finest pounds, Lorient. We're taking this young French defender to London and he's going to be great. And it didn't look like he was going to be great for a while. In fairness, he had a dodgy uh, debut, didn't he? He was sent off, I think. Two yellow cards. He's had some red cards in his time for us, Koscielny, but I think, on balance, for £10 million, that's a fucking bargain when you think about what a great player he is today. Similarly, Olivier Giroud, £12 million bargain and a half. All the goals he scored, when you consider the money that's gone on strikers in the Premier League over the last four or five years, well, I don't know, how much did £35 million on Andy Carroll and £30 million on Ben Teke and all these guys who are supposed to be amazing strikers and they don't score anywhere near as many goals as Olivier Giroud did uh, or has done for a, a fraction of the price. 
But he too, like Koscielny, arrived late into uh, French top flight football, I believe, when he signed for Montpellier from Tours. Tours, 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 Tours. I guess got slightly more English sounding there, but Tours, I think, uh, was the club he was playing for. I think he played there with Lauren Koscielny as well. That's how they knew each other. Um, and there are other players as well. I think uh, Didier Drogba, he was 24 before he made the move either to Chelsea or I think he just had like one season as well in the French top flight. So, you know, career trajectories are not linear. They're not all the same. So there's hope for us yet. There's hope for you out there with your football boots on now, about to go and play some Sunday league. You never know. Believe in yourself. Anything could happen. The right guy could be there watching today and you could have a an absolute stormer of a performance and your life could change and Nah, no, no, it's not going to happen. Nah, you're not. You drink too much, too many burgers at the weekend. You know, you know, it's good. The chance is gone. But look, for others, it might just happen. Maybe we'll have some other good stories. So we're looking ahead to uh, Swansea at the weekend. And we don't have any team news. It's Thursday evening. Normally, we get a bit of team news on a Thursday, but there hasn't been any. So we're waiting on a a few things, I guess. We spoke to Matthias about the, the players who've had some rest. Theo Walcott has been out with a calf injury for three weeks now, I guess. So he will be fresh if he's back and ready. Mesut Ozil, who has been out since December 20. Now, he will have been, I guess, a little bit weakened by having the flu. And if it's proper flu, then he, you know, that's a really minging thing to go through. So uh, hopefully he's feeling a lot better and feeling stronger. But he will have been able to rest those legs a little bit, which is uh, which is a good thing. You've got players like Giroud, like Ramsey, like Lucas Perez, who are relatively fresh because they ha- they haven't played a huge amount this season. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does there. Hector Bellerin missed the uh, FA Cup game as well, so we don't quite know what's happening there. Hopefully he's fit. There were pictures of him at London Fashion Week sporting well some some excellent Hector esque clothes. He does like to. To wear stuff, doesn't he? I mean, most of us do. It's, it would be, well, particularly at the moment, it'd be very cold if you weren't wearing any clothes. But Hector likes his clothes. He was around. So hopefully he's fit and ready. Center half, a bit of an issue as well, because, uh, well, if Lauren Koscielny is not fit, then we've got the old Gabriel Mustafi thing going on. Gustafi. Mabriel. No, I don't like either of those. Anyway, uh, they didn't look particularly comfortable together. Maybe it was the first time they played together, but since he's come back from injury, um, Mustafi hasn't quite found the rhythm that he had pre-injury. And uh, we did talk about this on the Arscast Extra on Monday, so maybe a decision there for the manager, but I think he will go with Mustafi and Koscielny if those two are fit. Uh, Central midfield, we've only got Ramsey and Xhaka. Another chance to see that. Didn't work particularly well in the first half against Preston, but hopefully that's something they've been working on a little bit on the training ground this week, and they'll have found some some rhythm, found a bit of uh, the same wavelength. That would be good. And then, you know, when you look at what we have for those top four, I just, you know, spelled it out earlier, Walcott Iwobi, Lucas, uh, Mesut Ozil, uh, Alexis Sanchez, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Olivier Giroud, and Danny Welbeck, of course, made his comeback. Whether he'd be risked for a game like this again so soon, I'm not quite sure. When we have all those options, they might want to get him uh, into action a bit more slowly. So we'll have to wait and see. But obviously, it's a big, big game for us and one from which we need to take three points. We're currently in fifth place in the table. And we need to move into that top four again. We need to get a bit closer to Chelsea again. And we need to hope that some of the results go our way. Um, some of the other fixtures happening this weekend. 
Let's have a look here. Uh, bum, bum. Tottenham West Brom. Well, that's pretty much a nailed on uh, Tottenham win there. Uh, what else affects us? There's obviously Leicester against Chelsea taking place on Saturday evening. I don't know. Chelsea just, uh, they just lost, obviously, to Tottenham. And maybe, maybe when a team gets their winning run interrupted, it can take a little bit of time to get back to, to winning ways. And if they're not quite at their best, unless there are anything like the way they played last season or the way they played against Man City this season, well, that would be... That would make it difficult enough for Chelsea. Um, what else have we got then on Sunday? Uh, bum, bum, bum. I should do all this. Everton, Man City, and then Manchester United and Liverpool. So there's the potential for points to uh, be dropped by some of the teams in and around us, as they say. So we've got to make sure that we take advantage of that. We've got to make sure that we take three points against a team who will be, once again, keen to impress a new manager. I'm getting tired of teams playing with a new manager every time they play us. They just try harder, don't they? Looking after themselves, selfish, earning lots of money every week, bastards. Just don't do it, Swansea. That's what I would say. Swansea, you know what they should do? They should take a, a day trip in their minds, to some other beautiful Welsh town that I haven't mentioned. I can't think of any that I haven't mentioned. South Wrexham, that's where they should go in their minds. And we can take the three points and and hopefully all the other teams around us will fuck it up a little bit. So look, there's not much else to say this week apart from thank you very much indeed for listening. Really appreciate it. Remember, if you want to give the show a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated as well because it helps push us up the charts and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's no tangible benefit for for pushing up the iTunes charts. It's just It's just nice. So if you do listen on iTunes and want to leave a rating or a review, that's fine. Remember, you can catch all the archives on our ACAST page, which is acast.com forward slash arsblog. And there's also the ACAST app, which you can download and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, etc., etc. in that too. So look, we're going to leave it there. James and I will be here on Monday with an ArsCast Extra. Fingers crossed. We're talking about three lovely, delicious points. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Until then, talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Arsenal Football Club today announced a new club crest. Instead of the cannon, the shirt will now sport a logo of an Eastern box turtle, favoured pet of star striker Wilfred Pfister. Chairman Sir Chips Keswick said, We hope this small gesture convinces him that his future lies here at the, the Arsenal. Some fans are outraged. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Pitched at this break with tradition, but one small boy said, I like turtles. 